0: Is God's love for us conditional or unconditional? Does it come with any strings or no strings attached at all? If God's love for us is unconditional, can anything separate us from the love of Christ? By examining these questions, it forms the framework or basis for me to decide whether I should take the leap of faith in converting to Christianity. This is part two of How Deep is God's Love. Hello and welcome. The Setting Apart podcast is a pit stop where you can get nourished, encouraged, and refreshed whenever you need a break. I'm your host, I.P., and every episode, I get to share my stories, my outlook, my reflections on all things inspired through the lens of faith. So grab yourself a coffee, sit back, relax, and chill. In the spring of 2012, I was reflecting on how far I've come since embarking on my RCIA, a program for adults to inquire about God and what Christianity is about, which I started five years prior. I have participated in a couple of cycles of RCIA, one through a church near me, now my parish, and another through the lunchtime RCIA at Raffles Place. When I embarked on my RCIA journey in 2007, I also started attending weekly Masses without fail. Even on my overseas business trips, I made it to the weekend Mass or service as long as there is a church in the city. Some found this quite amazing that I did not miss attending Mass, with my hands crossed receiving blessings, but not the Eucharist. Eucharist is for baptized Catholics only. But to me, it wasn't anything to shout about. In my mind, I was just meeting up with my Heavenly Father on a weekly basis to spend time with Him. Any child would do the same thing with their parents. So in that sense, it was really no big deal. But what was increasingly become more of a big deal was that I still have not been baptized yet. Keep in mind, this has been going on for five years, despite never missing the weekly Mass. There was no timeline for me to be baptized, and there was no pressure from my church members either, which was very much appreciated from hindsight. I did not want to be a cafeteria Christian, picking and choosing what I like or agree with, and not embracing all that the church teaches. You see, there are doctrines that either I had not fully understood in or didn't see eye to eye. Yet my faith, I could feel, was undoubtedly growing by the day. Don't get me wrong, I've learned a great deal from the RCIA program, but I could not have possibly understood everything there is to know about the faith. How could I make the leap of faith not knowing what I didn't know? because once baptized it cannot be undone i had to be sure as i contemplated to be or not to be i took the time to reflect on my journey i reflected on the many seeds that had been planted in the first 40 years of my existence drawing me closer to him it is written in john 6 verses 44 to 45 and i read no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. End of reading. No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. How else can I explain the three averted near-death experiences I shared in episode number 4, Saved by Grace, other than through the grace of God? St. Augustine has this to say about grace, and I quote, Indeed, we also work, but we are only collaborating with God who works, for His mercy has gone before us. It has gone before us so that we may be healed, and follows us so that, once healed, we may be given life. Let me pause here. Mercy is God's grace that draws us to Him for our conversion. Once converted, God continues to pour out His mercy for us so that we may be given life at the end of the day. And Augustine goes on to reiterate this theme by saying, And I quote, It goes before us so that we may be called, and follows us so that we may be glorified. It goes before us so that we may live devoutly, and follows us so that we may always live with God. For without Him we can do nothing. So, according to St. Augustine, it is by grace that we are drawn to God. For our conversion, especially by way of initial or prevenient graces. In baptism, we receive the sanctifying grace from God, and thereafter, we continue to receive God's graces until we are justified or healed, so that we may be given life. Everything is the gift from God who works, according to Augustine. For this to come to fruition, We also need to collaborate with God in our work because we have a choice to collaborate with God or not. So grace is God's mercy. It goes before us so that we may be called and follows us so that we may be glorified. And it was precisely by grace that we are invited to faith. We covered that in episode number five, Invitation to Faith. Now, what about the testimony of how my father was converted to Christianity, I shared in episode number 6, my Lord and my God, it did not do anything for me. But as it turns out, it was the seed planted in my journey, culminating in my very own personal encounter with Christ. And what about the lovely American couple who went out of their way to help me when I was stranded in the middle of nowhere on Highway Interstate 5 in episode number 7, Faith of the Community, Do Intercessions Work? Did I tell you the wife had a baby bump then? She was pregnant. Yet, that did not stop them from going full on in assisting me on that lazy Sunday. On hindsight, It was the pure love of the neighbor that was on display for me. Mind you, everything is viewed on hindsight, looking through the lens of faith. I would have missed all of the signs if I did not have faith. I cannot not have faith because the overarching grace flowing out of my reflection, out of all this, is love. And that is what Christianity means to me. We can look no further than the cross. It is the sign of God's absolute unconditional love, his perfect sacrificial love for us, of which I am not worthy of. Now, when I say that I am unworthy, it is not because I am humble or that I have a low self-esteem. On the contrary, if you know me personally, I am anything but. I'm just being real here. I mean, who am I? I am nothing more than dust from which I was created. Why would God come down to my level and care about me all of my life? And that is what I started to explore in the last episode number 8, How Deep is God's Love, in which I deferred to St. Thomas Aquinas' Summa Theologica in addressing two questions. Was it necessary for God to send His only beloved Son to the world to save the world? And was it necessary for Jesus to go through His passion and death to save us? Saint Augustine was quoted as saying, God was made men, that men might be made God. How beautiful is that? In this episode, what I want to know is, is God's love for us conditional? Or unconditional? Does it come with any strings or no strings attached at all? If God's love for us is unconditional, can anything separate us from the love of God? My reflection in this episode is inspired by the reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. The reading I'll be looking at is Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. That's Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. And I read, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but handed Him over for us all, how will He not also give us everything else along with Him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us, who will condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Let me pause here. If we are God's chosen one, we belong to God, and God is for us. If that's the case, then who can possibly be against us? Since, number one, it is God who acquits us, and two, it is Christ, after conquering death, who is interceding for us. So if God is for us and with Jesus interceding for us, we have absolutely nothing to fear. Make sense? So the early fathers of the church in the first and the second century would link verse 32 to Abraham's obedience to God in Genesis chapter 22, verse 16, in which God spared Isaac, son of Abraham, but God's only beloved son was not spared for the expiation of our sin. Now, In the last episode, How Deep Is God's Love?, we examined St. Thomas Aquinas' rationale from his Summa Theologica, that God, notwithstanding His omnipotent powers, chose to send His Son, His co-creator to become incarnate, to be offered up in sacrifice for the sins of humanity. Why would God choose that is a mystery. If you missed that, please check it out in episode number 8, How Deep is God's Love? I will leave you a quote from St. Augustine taken from the Summa. And I quote, Men who might be seen was not to be followed, but God who was to be followed who could not be seen. And therefore God was made men that he who might be seen by men and whom men might follow might be shown to man. I continue reading from verse 35 of Romans chapter 8. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being slain all the day. We are looked upon as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we conquer overwhelmingly through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. End of reading. So, can anything cut us off from the love of Christ? While according to Paul, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death, Sin is the author of death, but Christ has conquered both sin and death, which no longer have power over justified believers. Not life. God is the author of life, and it is through the saving work of Christ that Christians have received the gift of eternal life. Not angels. Angels may refer to the fallen angels in partnership with Satan, as revealed in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 7 to 9. Not powers. And principalities. These are demon powers like fallen angels that are hostile to humanity. These are still subject to the power of God. See Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 3, and chapter 6. These are the so called spiritual warfare that we are constantly battling against, and it is real. But they are no match to God's power and dominion over all things not the height nor the depth, which represent the opposite extremes of heaven and the grave. Paul assures us that neither power from the natural world nor any power from the supernatural realm can rupture the union of love between Christ and us, the Christian. Now, it is important for us to note that Paul is listing trials, not sins, in Romans 8 verses 35 to 38. The trials and tribulations are the sufferings that happen to us, a clear distinction from what he had to say about the list of sins elsewhere. Sins are vices that we commit, not sufferings. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, I read, "Do you not know?" That the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of God, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor boy prostitutes, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor robbers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Unquote. And in Galatians chapter five nineteen to twenty one I read: now the works of the flesh are obvious, immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury, acts of selfishness, dissensions, factions, occasions of envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I warned you before. That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, these are sins in which we commit out of our own choice, out of our own free will. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 and verse 38, these are the list of the trials and tribulations that happen to us, not sins. For example, in verse 35, Let's look at it again. It says, "Well, anguish, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword. In verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, as we have seen earlier, Christ conquered the principalities and powers by taking away their most powerful weapon, the fear of suffering and death. So, nothing from the created realities has the power to separate us from Christ, except, except, our own free will now does god's love for us come with strings attached as it is written in matthew chapter 19 verse 17 if you wish to enter into life keep the commandments or john chapter 15 verse 10 if you keep my commandments you will remain in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and remain in His love. Now, these conditional statements seem to suggest that God's love is conditional on something, on keeping the commandments, on loving your neighbor, etc. While it is true that the if statements, as we know it, especially when it comes to coding, are conditional statements, but I would argue that. The statements in scripture that we just looked at, they were merely pointing out the consequences as a result of the choice we make. They have nothing to do with God's love for us. For example, I mean, if you put your hand on the burning stove, you will get burnt. It is a fact, not a condition per se. Now the proof that God's love for us is unconditional can be seen in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And I read, God proves His love, agape, for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And God did not wait until we demonstrated our love toward Him in order to love us. He poured out His love for us while we were still sinners. Now, sinners by definition is when we are disobedient to God's commandments and God's will, or being unfaithful to His love, etc. And we are all sinners. Yet Christ poured out His love for us gratuitously, without expectation, knowing full well that we can still choose to reject Him in the end. That is unconditional love for you. And that's what happened to me in episode number 4, right through to episode number 7 of my podcast. God saved my behind over and over again, well before I even knew Him. Mind you, I am still a sinner, but I was perhaps a bigger sinner then. As it is written in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, and I quote, "And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an expiation for our sins.: Unquote. God gratuitously poured out His love for us while we are still sinners, knowing full well that we may still reject Him despite all that He has done for us. We love. Because he first loved us, that was First John, chapter four, verse nineteen. For me, I love because he first loved me. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Amen, amen. But our God is not a distant God, not an isolated God, but a God who is with us. As it is written in Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-three, in the very first chapter, and I quote, "They shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us." Unquote. And also in the last chapter, in the very last verse in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse twenty, "I am with you always, until the end of age." And unquote. According to Pope Francis, God will be with us every day until the end of the world. Jesus will walk with us every day until the end of the world." You see, God loves us not because He is faithful to us, but God is faithful to us precisely because He loves us. And Pope Francis continues, How long will God's care for mankind continue? how long will the lord jesus who walks with us care for us now the gospel's answer leaves no room for doubt until the end of the world unquote. "god is love" that's from 1 john chapter 1 verse 8 and that's why he is a trinity he is love beloved and loving complete love in three persons Love is God's essence, His whole being. Everything in Him is love. And our religion is founded on love. Indeed, our Christian hope is rooted not in the attraction of the future per se, but in the assurance of what God has promised us and realized in Jesus Christ. If He has promised us that He will never abandon us, that He is incapable of separating Himself from us, and that He will always stay in front of us so we may follow Him then what is there for us to fear. You see, perfect love drives out fear. That is from 1 John chapter 4.18. Now, connecting the dots, grace as we know it, is the unmerited, gratuitous gift from God. In my case, it is the initial graces that I encountered. I covered that in episode number 5, Invitation to Faith. It is precisely through these graces from God that I was drawn to Him. These graces showed me the depth of God's love for me, a sinner who did not know Him. Though I could not see Him, my encounters with God were undeniable. I questioned, how can we love a stranger like he loves us? Well, my broken-down car experience in the US in my college days in episode number 7, Faith of Community, showed me otherwise. Now note that I did not realize all of this then, not until years later in my contemplation and reflection after I have gotten to know Christ better. In other words, not until I started to reflect them through the lens of faith, then I began to appreciate the love that God has showered on me gratuitously. It is proved beyond any doubt in my mind that God poured out His love for sinners like me first. As it is written in the Synoptic Gospels, I did not come. To call the righteous but sinners. We can find that in Matthew chapter 9, Luke chapter 5, and Mark chapter 2. Now, God's love for us is not only unconditional, He is faithful to us, even though we humans are capable of breaking bonds and burning bridges. We see that so clearly up and down the salvation history. Even today, I struggle with that. From time to time, God, however, is not. He is solid. The promise that Jesus made to us in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse twenty, says it all. And I quote: "I am with you always, until the end of the age." Unquote. It is the same promise that Yahweh made to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one. Verse 6, and I quote Be strong and steadfast, have no fear or dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who marches with you. He will never fail you or forsake you. And to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 I command you, be strong and steadfast, do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Yahweh has been faithful to the promises He made, as it is written in Joshua 23, verse 14, and I read, Not one of the promises the Lord your God made concerning you has failed. Every one has come true for you, not one has failed. And that is why the psalmist has no fear in Psalm 23, verse 4, it reads, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me." As men of this world, it is easy for me to slip up from time to time, even as we speak. But knowing that Jesus is walking with me every step of the way it's comforting and reassuring. As far back as I can remember, I can see Jesus walking with me in episode number four, saved by grace. And from the trials that I shared from episode number four, right through to episode number seven, I experienced God's presence in Christ Jesus in every encounter I reflected on. It is anecdotal proof of God's inseparable love from us. my trials and tribulations. While I still have a lot that I do not understand about the teachings of Jesus, my personal encounters have deepened my faith. Christianity is a religion of love. God's love for us is universal. It is unconditional, inseparable, and unwavering. And nothing can separate us from the love of God, except our own free will. By the way, the root word for universal in Greek is katholikos or Catholic. While it is still a mystery to me as to why He loves us so much, I have decided it was more than enough for me to take the leap of faith. Amen? Amen. I invite you to get to know Jesus better today. Pick up the Bible and listen to what he's got to say. Thank you for listening to the Setting Apart podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and get notified so you won't miss any new episodes. And please feel free to give me your ratings and reviews so that others may get to listen as well. Thank you and God bless.